0: Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm going to be reading the story A Clash of Swords in Scotland from our Scotland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. It was the most intriguing room the children had ever been in. It was as if they had been waiting their whole lives to explore it. Its contents whispered to them of mystery and excitement. Structures of every shape and size covered the floor and collections of paraphernalia with wonderful stories and enticing aromas were scattered around the room. Every inch of wall space was ingeniously utilised. Lengths of rope hung from hooks, cords and wires were draped over poles and shelves were mounted at various heights. One shelf held jars of interesting seashells, test tubes and colourful plastic bric-a-bracs. Another shelf held scores of glass bottles, some clear, some frosted and some with a greenish blue tint or embossed with a logo or emblem. There were tatty brown suitcases and decorative repurposed cake tins stacked on shelves labelled with unexplainable words like pennants, cloth binders and shiny narrow strips. There was a bright red spice rack hung on the wall with train coaches from a model railway set tucked neatly into its shelves. There were colour-coded plastic crates containing lengths of rope for knotting crafts. The red crate contained bits of red rope and the blue, purple, black, yellow and green crates each contained their corresponding colour of rope pieces. All these treasures were housed in Grandad's extraordinary workshop. In the corner of the room lay a crumbling old suitcase, which made up in character for what it lacked in beauty. The suitcase defied logic and determinedly held itself together year after year as the children opened it and rummaged through its mysterious contents. Each and every item in that old suitcase had a story. Gathered from years of adventure and travel, it was filled with numerous artifacts and treasures. The children loved to pull out an item or two from the suitcase and hear the story of where it came from and how it had come to be in that intriguing old case of adventure. The Grey family loves traveling the world together, exploring, meeting the local people, sampling the food and solving mysteries. They make many special friends and visit places they've dreamed of seeing. Wren, short for Serenity, is 14 years old. She loves to read. She knows all kinds of interesting facts about unusual things. Her grey cockatiel, Milkshake, likes to sit on her shoulder as she goes about her day. Rome, short for Roman Gray, is 12 years old. He loves Italian cooking, playing cricket and computer coding. Jake, or Jacob Gray, is 10 years old. He enjoys soccer, performing stunts and is learning 3D computer modelling. He wants to work in films when he's older. Liberty, or Libby Gray, is 9 years old. She's very fond of dogs, taking photos and doing magic tricks. She's always finding new magic to add to her collection. Tiffany Gray is five years old. She's feisty and full of giggles and loves painting, dancing and feeding her pet fish, whose name is Eric the Red. The children's grandfather owns the case of adventure. In A Clash of Swords in Scotland, you'll also meet... Janet Murray, the bride-to-be and mom's friend. Ian Weems, the future Earl of Weems. Ian is engaged to Janet. Alistair and Shauna Sinclair, Janet's uncle and aunt, owners of the Castle Street Guesthouse. Sir Angus, the bedridden elderly father of Ian Weems and the current Earl. And Donnie McIntyre, the tour guide. Chapter 1. Bagpipes and a Ski and Rome closed his eyes. He heard the clash of steel against steel and felt the jerk of his arm as it struggled to support the huge weight of the sword with its sharp gleaming blade. Crash! Rome staggered backwards, almost knocked off his feet by the blow. He lifted his sword again to defend himself as the enemy's horse reared up next to him. He knew the next blow would be fatal. It was now or never. Rome raised his sword and struck with all his might. Rome! A voice slowly penetrated his daydream and he opened his eyes as he realized he was being summoned. Rome, come and have dessert with us. He jumped as he realized mom was standing right next to him. Coming, mom! He glanced down at the book on Scottish history that he'd been studying, with its suits of armour, decorated shields and knights on horses. Imagining himself in the midst of battle, with nothing but his sword to defend himself, he'd been thinking about those who had fought for freedom in Scotland, like Robert the Bruce and William Wallace. Rome dreamily closed the book, returned it to its place on Grandad's bookshelf and followed Mum to join the family in the dining room. Rome and his sisters Serenity, Liberty and Tiffany and his brother Jacob, together with mom and dad, were visiting their grandparents' home in Cape Town, South Africa. He loved these vacations. Unexpected things happened and adventures began right there in granddad's workshop. Rome thought back to the cuckoo clock secret that they discovered, which had resulted in a thrilling family adventure in the country of Switzerland. In the sitting room, the family was seated around the table enjoying tea, juice and lemon meringue pie that Granny had prepared for them. Mom glanced at Rome as he sat down. I found Rome engrossed in your book on Scottish history, she told Grandad. We have some exciting news, which is the reason Rome's so interested in Scotland right now. Tell them, you guys. Mom looked at the children. We're going to Scotland, Jake burst out excitedly. We're going to a wedding, added Libby. Mom's friend is getting married, put in Wren. To an earl, Rome declared, clearly impressed with the idea. Granny and Grandad laughed at everyone's enthusiasm. Dad took over the explanation. Perhaps you remember Janet Murray, Elizabeth's friend from college days. She's getting married in Scotland and has invited our family to attend the wedding. Mom continued. She's asked me to be her matron of honour. Ian, her fiancé, is not an earl yet, though he will be. His elderly father, Sir Angus, is the current earl and is bedridden. When Sir Angus dies, Ian will become the new earl and clan chief of the Weems clan. Janet said he lives in a large castle in Fife. She smiled at the children who were bouncing around and looking expectantly at Granny and Grandad to see their response to the news. ''Are clan chiefs still recognised in Scotland?'' asked Granny. Dad nodded at her. ''Elizabeth and I have been researching clans ever since we received the wedding invitation from Janet. It's very interesting. In medieval times, people lived under the feudal system in Scotland,'' Dad explained to the children. ''They had castles for defence and retreat. They had a clan system, and castles were very much part of their culture.'' Nowadays, the clan chiefs are influential in the community, but are no longer part of the official government system. I believe the Weems clan, which is actually spelled W-E-M-Y-S-S, is quite a significant one. We get cheap flights through my courier company's deals with the airlines, so we thought it would make for a great family holiday. Mum pulled out the stylish wedding invitation to show them. "'We're so excited we'll be staying at a guest house "'owned by Janet's aunt and uncle right in the heart of Edinburgh. "'Have you been to Scotland, Grandad?' asked Rome, looking over at him, "'still lost in the world of Scottish soldiers. "'Aye, yes, lad,' replied Grandad. "'When I was a bonnie wee laddie, we went to Scotland.' "'He laughed. "'Granny and I also took your mum and her brother there when they were your age.' "'Rome turned to mum.' "'You've been to Scotland, Mum? What do you remember?' Mum smiled. "'I remember a tiny Scottish village with a school that I visited in the Highlands. My cousins attended it. There were about 20 children in the school, and there was just one teacher and one classroom for children of all ages. We all ran down to a big stone bridge before school started. I have a photo somewhere that was taken with all the children in the school.' I love the massed gatherings of Scottish pipe bands, said Granny. Hundreds of pipers in so many different tartans from all kinds of pipe bands march and play at the same time. It's such a powerful combination of sound, almost overwhelming but wonderful to experience. Yes, there's so much colour, the tartan kilts, the decorated bagpipes and the fancy feather bonnets. Each pipe band has their own unique uniform, said Grandad. It's an amazing sight to see. Can you imagine the hundreds of bagpipes all being played at the same time? Put in Dad. No wonder bagpipes were used to intimidate enemies in battle. Mom lowered her voice and spoke conspiratorially to the children. Did you know that Grandad used to play the bagpipes? The children looked at Grandad, intrigued with this idea. Yes, I knew that, exclaimed Wren. Do you still have them, Grandad? Grandad grinned at Wren, then stood up slowly from his chair and hobbled off down the passage, using his walking stick for support. He returned a few minutes later, struggling with a large wooden box, while keeping his balance with his walking stick. Dad and Rome jumped up to help him. They set the varnished wooden box on the floor and clicked open the latches, lifting the lid. In the box lay a set of Great Highland bagpipes. The pipes themselves were beautifully carved from dark wood and the bag was covered with a red, black and white tartan cover. Grandad detached the chanter from its place in the bag and showed it to the children. This was the part used to play the tune or melody. There were holes to cover with your fingers to produce the different notes as you played. Where the chanter was fitted into the bagpipes, there was a white bamboo reed which you could blow on to create the piercing musical sound of bagpipes. Grandad blew on it and his large fingers covered various holes on the chanter as he slowly played a scale. Then he played the melody to the patriotic song, Scotland the Brave. Rome was fascinated. Can you play the bagpipes properly for us, Grandad? I'm not sure if I can still breathe deeply enough to fill the bag and keep the pipes playing. Also, my fingers don't move very fast these days. But I'll give it a shot. Dad helped Grandad to lift the bagpipes out of the box. How do the pipes go over your shoulder? Dad grinned at his own ignorance. Just lean them over here, Grandad showed him. This is the bass drone and these two are the tenor drones. He inserted the chanter into the bag and put the bag under his arm. The drones balanced on his shoulder. He held his fingers ready over the holes in the chanter and blew through the blowpipe to inflate the leather bag under his arm. When the bag was full, he pumped twice with his elbow while continuing to blow and maintaining the pressure. This is called striking in, Grandad told them. After making a couple of strange sounds, the bagpipes burst into tuneful music, accompanied by a low hum from the drones. The bagpipes were almost deafening when played inside the small house, the sound echoing off the high ceiling. The dog rocket immediately started howling in unison with the pipes. Granny put her hands over her ears, and chaos ensued as the children's laughter added to the noise. After a few moments, Grandad ran out of breath and stopped blowing. The loud noise ceased, but the children could still hear it resonating in their ears. Grandad laid the pipes down and turned to the children. So, there you go. I'm sure you can understand why it's usually an outdoor instrument. Everyone laughed. When your mom was Wren's age, she did some Scottish sword dancing, Grandad continued. Wow, what's sword dancing? asked Rome. Mom laughed. It's not quite as dramatic as it sounds. I didn't dance with swords in my hands, if that's what you're thinking. We used wooden swords, which were two long, narrow poles that were placed on the floor, crossing each other. The dancers danced from one quarter of the cross to the next, with their hands held above their heads in an elegant manner. Long ago in Scotland, they did use a real sword and sheath to dance over. You have to be very precise in Scottish dancing and never touch the sword with your feet, no matter how fast you dance. Or your toes would get cut, put in Libby. The others laughingly agreed. Did you play in a Scottish pipe band, Grandad? asked Jake. Actually, my band was Irish and I played with them for a couple of years. I wasn't the best of pipers, so sometimes I only played the drones and marched with the band. Other times I was able to play properly. It was great fun. I played at a few weddings and other celebrations. Do you still have your uniform? asked Jake. Yes, I do, Grandad grinned at him. Let's go dig it out. Grandad laid his uniform on the bed. The Irish kilt from Grandad's pipe band days was not tartan but a plain mustard colour. Grandad also had a second kilt which was the same red, black and white tartan as his bagpipe cover. Grandad told them that he'd been given the red tartan kilt and matching bagpipe cover by a Scottish friend. What's tartan? asked Jake. It's a cloth woven into a specific repeating plaid pattern like this. Grandad indicated the red and black kilt. Each clan has a tartan that is uniquely their own, Grandad said, pointing to the cover on his bagpipes. See the black stripes on the red background and the thin white lines? Those make the tartan pattern. There was also a sporran, spats, long socks, black shoes, a white shirt with epaulettes and a waistcoat. "'What's this for?' asked Libby, picking up the sporran, a large pouch hanging from a chain. "'The sporran is worn around the waist and hangs down in the front of the kilt,' said Grandad. Scotsmen long ago would keep all kinds of things in it, in the same way we put things in our pockets.' What are these strange things? asked Jake, fingering the flat white pieces of leather with buttons down one side. Those are called spats, lad, replied Grandad in a Scottish accent. Ye put them over ye boots to look spiffy. Jake and Libby laughed at him. And we'll be back with more of this story on Monday. That's all for now. See you next time.